Hello, I'm Zev Newirth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, bold solutions, and a renewed sense of meaning and purpose in their journey to advance customer-oriented, value-based healthcare. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization that I may be affiliated with. Folks, uh, our focus today is on this issue of bringing compassion and the recognition of that to the forefront of human experience in healthcare delivery. It's about recognizing, appreciating, and empowering professional caregivers through direct feedback from the patients they care for. And it's really about supporting and elevating the human connection in healthcare. And so I feel so fortunate to have this guest on our show, Alex Corin. Her overall effort really is about what she's calling the compassionate care movement. She did develop uh, this organization called WAMBI, W-A-M-B-I, and Care Postcard, all one word. Uh, both are positive caregiver recognition systems. And she's, she's really a powerhouse. She uh, has done it all. She's the uh, founder, inventor, and the uh, chief innovation officer for WAMBI. Uh, she has participated in and spoken at numerous uh, industry engagements uh, worldwide, including as a U.S. delegate to the G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit in Berlin. Uh, she's been a U.S. delegate for the Nexus Global Summit as well as participating as a speaker at the Women's Business Enterprise National Council Summit. And she's a member of the Young Entrepreneurs Council as well. Uh, in 2017, she was named number one female student entrepreneur in the country. It is absolutely impressive. Uh, Alex, so glad you're here. How are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm doing incredibly well now that I heard that amazing introduction. So thank you so much. And I'm really grateful to be here with you today. Well, well, thank you. So um, your story is really uh, interesting. And, and before we get into what Wambi is and, and you know, how it works, and, and, and I'd like you to take us through the steps uh, of that and, and care postcard as well. But could you tell us, I mean, you know, how, how did you come to realize that there was an issue or a problem that needed to be solved. And, um, you know, I know from your, your bio on your website that you have some very firsthand knowledge of observing patients and caregivers, particularly in, in the acute care setting. So, so how, how did this come about? What did you observe that needed to be addressed? Absolutely. So um, I was the director of patient experience in the inpatient setting in a catastrophic care unit that cared for medically complex patients, typically on ventilators. And during that experience, although it was really my sole purpose to focus on the patients and families and elevate their experience in any way that I could, I learned very early on that I had to redirect my attention to the care providers themselves because when they came in the rooms and they were stressed or burned out or didn't have the bandwidth to provide the quality of care that they might have hoped to, it really impacted the patients and the families and their time during their stay. And on the flip side of things, when these care providers came in and they were extremely compassionate and took their time and treated the patients and families like their own family, it was just a night and day experience. And at that point, I thought, okay, well, let's really try to get to the bottom of the care provider experience. And I had known from the industry and also just within our organization, there were similar experiences that 
turnover was high, morale was low, and this was obvious, and this was something that was talked about often. But what I hadn't really heard talked about was what the care providers had to say about it. So during my experience working there, I started to really have these deep conversations with the care providers to try to get to the bottom of what they were experiencing. And what I learned was something incredible that to me, I could not even believe. And it was similar across the board. And it was that they didn't feel recognized for their work and they didn't feel seen and not feeling recognized. Like I could not even believe that because these were to me, the greatest heroes compared to anyone that I've ever seen do any work. And they work such long hours and it's really stressful work. And they just continue to come in every day with a smile on their face. So to me, I just couldn't believe it. But this idea of not feeling seen also is really interesting because from their perspective, their managers really are only able to know what they do, maybe one out of a hundred times. And typically it's those moments that are complaints from patients and families. And so what ends up happening is now every single time they have a conversation with their manager, it's about something negative. And what happens there is now they start to feel like, wow, my work is going unnoticed. And the only time that I'm being seen is when I'm doing things that are wrong. And you start to lose that motivation and validation that the work that you're doing is matters and is, is helping. And so that to me was a huge hole in the system. And so when I was looking for first a recognition system in the marketplace to try to help solve this issue of the first issue, which is feeling recognized, I thought it was a no brainer that the data to sort of be the underlying factor in the recognition to come from the patients and families. But when looking for systems that just took customer satisfaction feedback leading to employee recognition, there were no systems like it out there, industry agnostic. And that's when we realized that we had found a hole and um, started to try to fill it. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, who who were these caregivers? So what roles were they playing? What professionals are you talking about in, in the care setting? So specifically in the beginning, it was really the nurses, the therapists, the nursing support, even the monitor techs, the unit service representatives, really all the people that the patients and families had um, firsthand experiences with where they could actually identify them. It wasn't so much the physicians in the beginning. That's something that um, came over time. So, okay. But it was, it did eventually include the physicians that you, you, your work encompasses. So now we're starting to explore the physician market. That's something that's very new for us. And we have learned from our conversations that it's something that we do feel has to be different. So now we're trying to understand more about what the physician's needs are so we can create a solution for them that'll be as fulfilling as it is for the other specialties. And, you know, and, and you use that word, you, there was sort of a hole or a gap here that you encountered and um, now there are in, you know, hospitals, um, and, and large practices, there are recognition programs, uh, that exist, but it, it seems like your approach is a bit different than that. Yeah. So the recognition systems that exist are not really on an ongoing or real time basis. So basically you'll be recognized every now and then for something that happens. And typically it'll be by your manager or by peers. And sometimes like through letters from patients and families. But the issue is that when it's not ongoing in real time, it's only every once in a while. And so it's kind of like a surprise. You never know what's going to happen, but you don't get that validation on a consistent basis, which makes it hard to inspire behavioral change and to really lead, drive that high quality care on an ongoing basis. 
Mm-hmm. You, you know, Alex, I, I, from a, a, a physician perspective or provider perspective, we know in the literature that this issue that you're, you know, that you observed firsthand is is very very real. Um, you know, the the research tells us uh, that uh, somewhere over fifty percent of providers are burnt out that they feel demoralized or depressed mm-hmm. or depersonalized. So, so the science tells us that that your observation is absolutely true. I, I have to be honest with you, I've never really explored it in the domain of uh, other caregivers in the acute care setting as much. And, and so I'm less familiar with that literature. But um, my observation from having spent years in the hospital system, uh, systems uh, across the country is that, you know, my observation is similar to your own. And, uh, you know, p- people do work, you know, really hard. They're passionate. They're committed to patient care. They go out of their ways. I mean, you see this day in and day night, uh, you know, and nights. I mean, it just, it always astounded me. Uh, you know, I could walk into a hospital or, uh, you know, clinic 24 seven, seven days a week. And, you know, they're really, really caring people, uh, trying to do their best for patients. And, um, the word that comes to mind for me is, is unsung heroes, um, mm-hmm. right? Cause you're, you're right. Intermittently, you know, uh, in recognition programs, they'll get some, you know, something sometimes, not everyone, but it's, it's intermittent. Um, and, and that is a problem in, in terms of, you know, we know that, that, that doesn't really work for helping to sustain behaviors or motivation. Right. And it's also hit or miss. And, um, and there's probably a, a lot of folks, if not the majority of folks who don't get recognized who should be. And so I, 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 you know, I get the sense that that's what your approach is. That's the hole that your approach is filling. Am I on the right track or am I missing something? That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, you know, why don't you walk us through how, how this works, like literally, you know, physically how it works that you have, uh, created what, you know, in your own words is this sort of gamified digital platform, uh, you know, that it's informed by the real time patient and family feedback and, and really provides, uh, you know, these caregivers with, with that recognition and appreciation for what they're doing. Yes. So basically just to give an overview, WAMBI is a performance and recognition system for care providers that is entirely informed by real-time patient feedback data. So the way that works in practice is patients and families gain access to the system in multiple ways, where they can see photos of each of the care providers on their care team. And then they can select a photo of that care provider and answer a really short, brief review about the care that they received. And those questions are entirely customizable based on the initiatives that, or that the organization's working on, and they can be specific to that particular specialty. And once those review questions are filled out, they have the opportunity to fill out a, with additional feedback so they can give comments. Um, they can actually write a care postcard, which we haven't really talked about, but that's one of my favorite things about everything that we're doing. And that's basically just a letter of appreciation that can then be shared publicly so that it's not only going to be housed within the four walls of the organization, but can also be shared within the community so that outside members can know what's going on and all the amazing things that the care providers are doing within the four walls of the organization. And so then what makes us extremely unique is we take that real-time data and then that automatically drives 
this gamified recognition system. So on an ongoing basis, employees can log into their own personalized dashboards. They can see how they're performing. They can see their general rating, their general score. They can see the breakdown in each of those different key areas that they're, that they're being asked, that the patients and families are being asked about them. And they can also collect what we call PECs, their points. PECs stands for providers empowered by compassion and kindness. And what happens is over time, these PECs lead to different status, different levels. They can, um, we actually give out pins. So there's Wambi pins that are silver, gold, rose gold, and um, diamond status for reaching different levels. Um, we do many other um, ways of gamifying the system. So by giving out awards in the key areas that um, specifically the HCAPs are measuring, as well as um, different other initiatives that are important to the organization. And it's incredible because we've seen that these awards alone have driven some massive jumps in the data. You know, so, so if, if I'm a, if I'm a, a patient or family member of a patient in a hospital that's participating in Wambi and or care postcard, um, how, how, where would I go? Would I have to go online to look for the individual, the photograph to write something about the person? How does that work? So we have a few different ways that patients and families can access the system and it's really customized and tailored to the particular organization that we're working with, but it really is just a secured URL so they can access it on their phone. There's also an app, there are tablets. So during rounding, sometimes the managers will bring it up during their rounding protocol that they can also um, capitalize on the volunteers in the organization, which we've seen to be extremely effective because the volunteers love getting the opportunity to go into the rooms of the patients and families and get to connect with them. And this gives them an excuse to be able to do it. So they're not just going in there to, to say hi and, and hang out. So they can actually come in with a tablet and, and do the review with the patient and family and sit there and then go to um, the other rooms and sort of make their rounds. And um, we can also integrate with the smart technology in the room. So if an organization is using smart technology, we would just have our um, app as an icon there and they could do it that way as well. Got it. And, you know, and again, there are uh, patient feedback um you know, forms and surveys in, in, in all hospitals, but, uh, they're, they're nonspecific. They don't particularly target individuals. And so what this does is you, you can literally, you know, look at for the person you want to, uh, uh, say something about and click on their photograph and then write something. And then they can get that message directly. Um, and as you say, it, it, you, you've gamified it a bit. So there are some prizes and awards that, are on top of that. Let me ask you a question though. Um, a couple of questions come to mind. Number one, uh, it, it seems to me the reward and, and, and I've looked at some of the videos on your, on your website and, and you have these stories of nurses listening to or reading these care postcards and all of this is electronic, right? So, uh-huh. uh, you know, and it's, it, it is just so overwhelming to, to, you know, for the individual to hear this feedback about what they're doing. Do you, do you, you know, do you think the gamification is even necessary or why did you, I, I know you're a technical whiz and, and, and we know gamification is really important from a, you know, behavior change and sustainment perspective, but I'm just kind of wondering about what made you think that you needed to add it on top of the, just the inherent uh, benefit people get from hearing about what they've done for somebody else. I'm so glad you asked that. So There's no way you can ever match receiving a letter of appreciation in the way that makes you feel, right? Mm -hmm. That's That goes without saying. And that's been done for years, right? That's not anything new. 
what Care Postcard does is it just takes that those amazing letters. And of course, we screen them to make sure that they're positive in our mailroom. And then we make them public knowledge. So it's nice to get that sort of extrinsic motivation that people are recognizing you and you're known in the community. What the gamification does is really unique because what we do is we hone in on specific areas that are critical to providing high quality care, whether it's clearly explaining the treatment plan or treating the patients and families with dignity and respect. These questions, we can go on forever. It could even be more specific to um, communication about the medicines that they're receiving or, you know, just really any questions. But the point is, is then when we, when the care providers know that those specific questions are being asked on them, that becomes their main focus. They start to have this self-awareness and mindfulness about those key areas that are going to be asked about them on an ongoing basis. So now when they log in and they see their scores and they see, oh, wow, I have a 95% in providing compassionate care and a 92% in treating my patients and families with dignity and respect. But when it comes to clearly explaining the treatment plan, I have a 60%. So that's something that now I have the mindfulness and the awareness to be able to have autonomy to make better decisions or to get help to work on that key area. So now I can go to my manager and instead of it having to be kind of the flip scenario where a patient or family complains and then maybe the complaint isn't even constructive and then that goes to the manager and then by the time it gets back to the care provider, it's this uncomfortable conversation where they're potentially on the defense because it's not even constructive criticism. Now they know from day one, this is what I need to work on and I can go to my manager and say, hey, you know, what do you recommend I do here because I want to get my scores up. So it's really keeping it focused and then also making it fun and having that positive aspect of gamification and recognition and rewards so that they can be inspired to improve on a daily basis. So how many questions are there in the in the Wambi uh, survey? Is it the ones you just mentioned basically or so the questions are customizable based on each organization and they can really um, specify them based on the particular unit, the specialty. They can really hone in and get customized. However, um, we recommend there only to be four to six questions per review because we've seen that to be the most effective in getting the most um, responses. And that way, the patients and families are encouraged to fill out multiple reviews on an ongoing basis during their stay. And, and what if... Um... You know, you mentioned before about scrubbing. Uh, I think it was the care postcard. What what if, uh, you know, family members uh, or patients write comments that are negative? Does that in, in Wambi, does that stay as it is or, or, or are those scrubbed out? So the comments themselves will not go directly to the employees. They only go to the managers and then the managers will see them real time. They'll get alerted. And if it's something that's really positive, they can push one button to basically push the comment to the employee and it'll also get published on the newsfeed. And that's something I didn't really talk about, which is a huge part of where we um, sort of drive that recognition and, and motivation. So the employees all have access to a unit specific newsfeed where they can see all the amazing care postcards that have been written, all the amazing comments that have been pushed, which we call caregiver spotlights. There's also um, awards that are published there. So as the organization, let's say one particular unit has no falls for the month and that's an award. There's also um, commenting and liking. So there's a lot of peer-to-peer recognition that takes place in the newsfeed. And it's a great way to sort of drive that messaging of what really matters to the organization and the employees that work within it. Uh, you know, I, I would assume, too, that uh, there's a certain am- amount of just natural, uh, what's the word, almost like a competition amongst individuals. If you're on a unit or a floor um, 
and you seeing your colleagues getting these care postcards uh, and, and, you know, I would assume that there's some of that, that, you know, I would, I would want to turn to them, my right and left and look. Oh yeah. Oh, we've seen that. It's actually really funny. So, um, we've done rollouts and I've, I hear about this so many times at this point that it's just expected now at rollouts. So basically the way it works is for the first 30 days, we collect patient and family reviews before we launch to the employees. And we do that because then on day 31, when we start to do the launch with the employees and we have our launch party, we call it the unveiling. We share the care postcards that have been written from that previous month and the positive comments with the employees. And we recognize quite a few of them. And so that way, when they log into their dashboard, they're excited to see their data for the first time. It's not like they're logging in to see an empty screen. And it's funny because whenever we do that, you start to hear certain people go, well, I'm going to get a care postcard. Just wait and see. And it's like this thing where it's like just a given now. But it's actually really funny. It reminds me of a story. The first time we ever launched the platform in the first setting, I was so nervous because I just did not know how the care providers were going to respond. Like I knew the ones that I had worked with were definitely on board and excited, but I hadn't worked with every single one in the organization. And so when they logged in for the first time and we did the demo, I wasn't getting a lot of feedback, so I wasn't really sure. And then they left and they went to their various stations. And one of the nurse managers came up to me and said, hey, like, did you hear what they're all talking about at the nurse's station? And I was like, no, like, what were they talking about? She said, they're all pooling to see who's going to get the most pecs. They're all betting right now with each other. And I was so relieved in that moment because that just drove the entire point home that it really becomes a game for them. And it's exciting and motivating for them to continue to get positive reviews every single day. It's not like they're just waiting to get one award potentially for the quarter and then that's it. This is an opportunity for them to be recognized every moment of every day, which is really exciting. It, it seems to me that it, it would uh, really change the culture in, uh, in a hospital system. It's really one of the most fulfilling things I've ever experienced. And even just to the, the beginning of when we come in and we start, like when you see the looks on their faces, it's like, it's, it's really incredible. That sounds it. Now on the converse, do, do my colleagues, if I was working on a floor in the hospital, do my colleagues see, um, see my Wambi, um, surveys or is that, that information, uh, just for me? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. So basically they can only see their own metrics. And then the only thing that's kind of related to their colleagues is they can see on average if they're above or below their units average. Got it. So if they're above, they can feel good about it. If they're below, they kind of have to step it up a bit. And, um, of course, managers then have more of a bird's eye view into their employees' performance. And then when it goes even higher to the administrative level, they can see unit by unit comparisons, specialty by specialty comparisons. And then at an executive level or even um, at a health system level, they can compare all the different entities, all the different facilities with a quick bird's eye view into real time care provider performance as well as patient satisfaction. So how do you I, I, I can imagine uh I mean, the question I'm wondering is, how do you measure the impact or effectiveness of WAMBI and the care postcard in terms of, you know, the metrics that that are are looked at, for instance, patient experience mm -hmm. and satisfaction scores, provider uh, satisfaction scores, perhaps a burnout or turnover of staff, um, uh, maybe outcomes of care. Mm -hmm. Have you have you looked at those metrics? And, and, and if so, what is what is your research or, or data showing? 
Yes. So you basically just named them all, but I'll kind of reiterate some of the really key areas. So turnover is huge for us. And we've been consistently seeing decreases in turnover by almost 18% in the first five months of implementation. We've been seeing care provider engagement scores. So basically what that looks like is a survey that the care providers take before we launch and then um, several months after. And they're kind of like, seems like a satisfaction survey to them, but really it's an, it's a Gallup engagement survey. And um, what that tells is we've seen between 30 and 38% increases in engagement. So for instance, feeling valued at their job, feeling like they're getting adequate um, recognition from managers for doing their jobs well, um, those are a couple examples of what engagement looks like um, through this platform. And um, we also look at the quality measures. So we look at the HCAPs or patient satisfaction as well as different quality measures because we really believe that when you have highly engaged care providers, that's going to lead to better quality and outcomes. And we've seen drastic improvements. Just some, We just actually got the data back for a case study with one of our first hospitals and we had seen that the key areas that WAMBI um, impacts, so for instance, nurse communication, rating the hospital, willing to recommend the hospital, um, specifically discharges, we saw jumps in the double digits on the HCAP scores. So eight point jumps was, that was the lowest, but the rest were like 11, 12, 13 points. So they saw the highest jumps that they've seen in the past three years. And um, it's it's really remarkable because we're able to get very specific. So if we're asking a question about nurse communication, we can see that direct impact on the score from the third party um, survey system. And then also specifically, uh, this is an amazing story of the discharges. That was something that we never asked any questions about. But the nurse managers, we had a, a committee meeting and they said, you know, we're really struggling with getting our nurses to do the discharges. And so they thought, what if we make an award for the most discharges, an individual award? And what they ended up seeing was that the nurses started asking each other for each other's discharges on top of their own, hmm. which is like unheard of for these nurse managers. They could not believe it. And they saw a, I want to say I have the exact number, but I think that was the eight point jump in discharges for that particular score in the organization. So That's it's really, really cool. cool. You know, it, 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 you've shared a couple of stories of the reactions of, of uh, caregivers in the hospital. Um, I have to think too, from a patient perspective, this is um, so empowering to, to know you have that kind of voice and, and directly to the people. Because, you know, having spent years uh, actually working on patient satisfaction and patient engagement and experience, one of the things you hear over and over again is the frustration patients and their family members have, even in filling out um, surveys, because it, it, it's, it's not real time. It's often lagging weeks, mm -hmm. but you, you don't know if it's going to get to the people that you are, you know, directly writing about. And, and so this seems to really connect uh, patients and families with their caregivers in, in really in an unprecedented way. I'm just, I'm just wondering, is that, you know, part of your story? Is that part of what you realize about what you're doing? That is exactly what I realized. And, you know, I don't actually think about it that often, but now that you're saying it, that was something that I felt firsthand when I um, was growing up and I spent a lot of time in hospitals, um, just from my own personal experience as family members. And I remember feeling really powerless and I didn't have a voice and I wanted to always communicate things because I had experiences with where nurses or care providers in general came into the room and 
I felt like they were angels. I was so grateful. I felt safe to leave because I would stay overnight and I felt like, wow, I can really stay. I mean, I can really leave because they're going to be there and I can trust them. And then there were other times where somebody would come in and I I would just be nervous and I I didn't want to leave. And I just felt like I had to be there and I couldn't even go get food. And so I always wanted to share that. And I always kind of felt like the only person I can tell is the manager. And then I'm gonna have to wait to get the manager's attention. And I don't even really know how I'm going to get the manager's attention right now. And then it would just always get complicated. And so that was a huge part. And and I totally resonate with what you're saying in terms of like filling out a survey and feeling Mm -hmm. like it goes into the great abyss. And that's why we're so um, adamant about doing alerts. So we do service recovery alerts. So if there's a poor review or whatever they, um, the organization deems as poor, the manager gets alerted real time and they can amend that situation and then vice versa. If the care provider does an amazing job and gets a perfect score, they get a text message. Congratulations. Keep it up. You're doing an awesome job. If they get three perfect scores in a row, they get a hot streak award. Their manager gets notified and says, be sure to give, let's say, Shirley a high five in the hallway when you see her. She's on a hot streak. So we're really into making things feel immediate, but also protecting people from the information that they don't need to see unless it's sort of screened so that we can always promote positive experiences. Wow. So this this really does empower everyone. It empowers the patients and families, but it's also the the people on the floor, like the managers who are trying to figure out, you know, how do I... How do I recognize the people um, that are doing a good job and make, make sure they, they know it and I know it and, and, you know, and we could emulate them? Um, and then also, how do I rapidly address the issues that need to be you know, addressed? And, and again, the, the standard right now is it takes time. There is a lag. And so it's, it's just not as immediate. It's not as real. Um, it's probably, and, and so to me, this seems like a tool for, for managers as well. Are you getting that feedback from managers in, in the hospital? Huge. Yeah huge for the managers because they have, they don't have one minute to spare in the day. They are so busy. And that's what this system was designed for them to do less and accomplish more. So they have eyes and ears everywhere now. They don't have to be in the room to know exactly what's going on. And they can do exactly what you're saying, which is recognize the people and make them feel appreciated appreciated when they do an amazing job, even if they didn't see it happen. And then also be able to give that constructive feedback to the care providers that are struggling where maybe they didn't notice this trend, but this trend has been going on, or maybe they were doing amazing for months. And then all of a sudden this month, they're really struggling and they can have that conversation and say, Hey, like, I see this is happening with you. Like what's going on? And then they can say, well, you know, actually my husband has been going through something like they can have that conversation because now they have the data to support it. And It's also even really powerful when you look at the scores that are being captured right now. They're typically on a general unit basis. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you get the data back and then they share it with the care providers, a lot of times it's like, yeah, that might be how the unit's doing, but that's not how I'm doing. Because it's hard to have that self-awareness unless it's really individualized. And so it's great because these care providers always want to become better. But of course, your first human instinct is to not think you're doing the wrong thing. And then once you realize it's like, wow, all I have to do is change this and then things will get better. So it's really nice for them to have that autonomy as well. So where have you as, as you're you know talking about this, I'm, I'm you know wondering about other applications of this, for instance, in uh, nursing homes um, and uh, or long term facilities or even in uh doctor's offices, uh, ambulatory or outpatient uh, settings. So where have you uh, implemented WAMBI and Care Postcard? Uh, what kinds of systems? And you don't have to name names. I'm just 
have you and have you thought about the 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 outpatient setting or the nursing home setting or the rehab setting? Yes. So we started off in inpatient and what started to happen was when we broke off as a separate technology company to rebuild the platform from the ground up and, and we started to think about, okay, what other segments would this work in? So we did start in um, skilled nursing facilities. We started in so long-term skilled nursing. We didn't do outpatient, um, initially. And then what ended up happening was um, one of the largest home care agencies in the country approached us and said, we want to explore this in home care, which is something we never even remotely thought of. And so we um, customized it for their um, organization. And it was just incredible. We realized that we saved time in areas we didn't even know were possible through the system. And really what was in- initially so incredible about the home care was that the biggest pain point that they're experiencing is that these care providers don't have a sense of community or they don't feel like they belong to something greater because they go in to the home and they work basically on their own and then they go back home. So, and they go from home to home. And the problem with that is when you don't feel like you're a part of something greater, it's hard to be fulfilled and motivated and not get burned out. So what the system did is it sort of connected everyone, even though they don't see each other every day to to feel connected to something greater. And it's been really, it's become one of our main focuses now. Home care is literally like one of the greatest focuses that we have. And so that's just really exciting because we didn't even think of that. That was another organization that thought of it for us. And um, in terms of outpatient, now we're just starting to get started in outpatient as well as telehealth. You know, I, I, I'm so glad you talked about the home care because that's been exactly what I've been hearing for a number of years. And most more recently, I've been in, more involved in home care and it's exactly what you say that, you know, these nurses are going to the homes. It's, it's really isolating in a way, and they don't have the kind of feedback you're talking about. And they don't feel like they're part of a work team or community. And so I could see how this really alleviates a lot of the challenges for them in that regard. And, and also uh, the, the reality is right now we can't get enough nurses to, to meet the needs, uh, the current needs in home health care. And what we know is as, as medical care is increasingly moving out of the hospital into the home, we're going to need a mm-hmm. lot more nurses, really skilled people. And, and you have to be super skilled to go alone in the home and do the kind of things, things that they're doing. And so it requires not just nurses, but nurses who have a lot of experience and poise and, uh, you know, that, that kind of ability to, to do that in, 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 you know, in that kind of independent, uh, setting. So I, I really see this. I'm really, really glad you, glad you mentioned it because I see this as a huge, huge advantage for, uh, for home healthcare and for where essentially, you know, uh, acute care is actually going, which is again, out of the hospital and, and into the home. Absolutely. And it's crazy because turnover in home care is light years higher than it is in hospitals. And I already thought hospitals were spending so much money on turnover and I couldn't believe it. And then I found out about home care statistics and my mind was blown. And if you think about it, the way to really retain the high quality care caregivers that we talk about in the home is by making them feel valued and appreciated so that they don't have a reason to go work with another organization. And there's really no way for the this organization as a home care company to know who their top performers are unless they're calling their patients and, and trying to find out and trying to get in touch with them. And even so, that's really not a scalable model. So to be able to get that feedback on an ongoing basis, positive or negative, is so critical for these companies because when they have people who really aren't performing well, they have the transparency to know to have to improve that or to 
make a change. And from the positive side of things, it's so important because then they can really value those people who are going above and beyond and make sure that they feel appreciated so that they can stay with their organization. Uh, that's, that's really, it's, it's wonderful. Now, what, um, I have a couple of, I have some other questions in a different direction, but is there anything else about Wambi you want to say that would, would help us understand it better or or do you want to talk about care postcards or, or the movement, which you're, I know this is kind of the over encompassing thing, this compassionate care movement. Uh, do you want to say a word about that? Yeah. So I'm kind of related to both of those. I think it sort of, um, brings them together is something called humans of Wambi. This is something that we are just starting. We haven't launched our public site yet, but we've been collecting content for several months now. And I am so beyond excited. And I feel like you'll really resonate with this. But basically what we realized through our experiences spending time in the organizations was that these care providers, some of them have the most unbelievable stories of why they went into healthcare and what inspired them to do the work that they're doing and why they're so motivated to continue to do it despite how hard it can be. And so what we decided to do was interview all of these care providers as we meet them and share their stories. So we're going to be sharing them publicly online, but we're also going to be printing them on um, cards and sharing them around the organization. So the various patients and families and other care providers can see these stories and shed light on all of these amazing people that are within the organization. And we'll also be incorporating care postcard and posting that on Wambi. So on the news feed, people will be recognized on an ongoing basis for their story. And um, I just want to share one particular story because it was really the moment where I, I knew that we were meant to be doing this. There was um, a particular worker who used to be um, in housekeeping at a convalescent hospital. And then um, one of the CNAs had seen that he had been basically bringing water every time he could and helping in any way he could to the patient and family, even though that wasn't his job. And the CNA said, you know what? Next time, try to finish your work a little bit earlier and I'll do whatever I can to train you whenever we have some extra time. So the CNA started training the housekeeper and then that ultimately led him to go actually become certified in being a CNA. And once he did that, he said that he was so beyond inspired by the work. He loved every single second of being with the patients and families and he treated each and every person like they were his own family member. And what ended up happening was his son went to Iraq and lost both of his legs. Mm -hmm. And he said that he could not believe how perfect the experience was, even though it was one of the hardest things he had ever gone through because he was prepared. He was ready and he knew exactly what to do and how to handle it. And he said in a million years, he would have never been able to handle what had happened if all of those exact things wouldn't have taken place for him to get to that point, to be ready to, to embark on that next chapter in his life. And it, it, yeah. So those are the kinds of stories we're hearing all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I just think, you know, again, thinking about the years and years I've observed, uh, caregivers in the, in hospital, in offices, in home health, uh, in nursing homes and rehab centers. And, you know, again, to me, it's just, you know, they're unsung heroes. And I think what you're doing with, uh, with Wambi and with Care Postcard and now with your new venture here, telling, you know, the stories and backgrounds of these caregivers and, and, and publishing it. Um, I, I think it's really beginning to sing the song of these, of these caregivers. And, um, and it's so important because I think it's important to them. I think it's important to, 
the their coworkers and colleagues to know about them and and maybe most importantly it's it's really important for patients um mm-hmm. it it really just it it kind of reverses everything and makes it a a real kind of positive cycle and so i i'm just again so you know what's as i hear you talking about uh, you know these these uh initiatives that you've developed um it you know the, the thought comes to mind it's just like wow it was it was so obvious this needed to be done, right? This is the right thing to do. And, and it wasn't until you came along and did it. And so I, I just, you know, I'm just kind of wondering like, what, like, how did you think of doing this? And clearly it's, you know, it sounds very personal. It sounds like you, you went through some tough situations with, um, I, I think it was your parents in the hospital. And so really knowing firsthand uh, from the patient or family member perspective, from the child's perspective, what this is, but I'm just kind of wondering what, what, just how did, how did this spring from your mind and your heart? Yeah. So, um, as you said, I spent a lot of time in hospitals growing up as a kid because both of my parents suffered from chronic illnesses. And, um, when I was first born, my dad, um, had a, actually, there was a hospital error and that resulted in going into, um, basically a catastrophic state and he had multi-system failure and he was in a coma when I was first born. And, um, he was basically supposed to be a vegetable and my mom refused and fought for him and advocated for him. And then ultimately took care of him in the home and set up an entire world for him at home because the type of care that he needed, just, he wasn't able to get in the hospital on a long-term basis anymore. And so I saw that from my mom's perspective as I got older. And then my mom also was sick. And so I kind of always felt what it was like to be on the vulnerable side of things and to depend on these people. And you never really know who you're going to get. And every single time someone is caring for your loved one, that's the most important moment that exists. There's nothing else. And so over time, I really connected with the people who cared. And then I also really connected with that experience of being a patient, even though I myself wasn't in the patient state, I still felt every single moment and experienced all of those moments along the way. So ultimately I knew that I had to do something in healthcare and I felt like I needed to do something that could touch both the patients and families and also the care providers. And then just going through all the different steps that I went through, I ended up here. It's, it's really crazy how I got here, but I just feel like my perspective and my experiences and then combining with just wanting to do anything that I possibly could to leave my, to make a difference and to help share what I had learned turned into this. Wow. I mean, this is, this for you is, this goes pretty deep. I mean, this is, um, I'm just, you know, listening to this and from a child's perspective, I mean, how important are the, are the people who are providing care to your parents, especially when they're that sick and they're in the hospital. So I, I, I can see how, how deep this is for you and wanting to give back to those people and, and wanting to make sure that others who go through this, um, you know, experience, have a good experience, not a bad one. Um, and it, it is like the thing about healthcare is so many people are impacted by it. And it really is a part of life. Like at this point, we all know that wh- whether it's us or someone that we love, they're going to have an experience in the healthcare system. And so it's such a personal thing. And I think that's why so many c- compassionate, grateful, humanistic people go into this space because they 
probably have their own experience that got them to this point. And it's so important for us to all join forces and remember what it's like when you're in that vulnerable state, because we need to advocate for them while they can't. So where do you see this going? And, and you sort of answered that question with the most recent, and what was that? What was the most recent initiative call that you're working on now? Humans of Wambi. Humans of Wambi. Um, so what, what are the next, three or to four years uh, hold for Wambi and for Alex Corin and your colleagues? I am so excited for the next three to four years because every single month feels like five years because so, so much happens. It's, it's remarkable. So I can't wait to see what happens, but, um, I really, I see Wambi being a global phenomenon and this compassionate care movement being global. And we're already starting to explore the global market, which is, so exciting for me. And, um, it really, even if it, we can't touch every single person with Wambi, as long as we can touch someone who has been touched by Wambi, that, that will make it complete. That will make the movement complete because every single person doesn't have to have an experience with Wambi to be impacted by it. And I think that's, what's so powerful about all of this. It's everybody knows someone or is connected to someone that has an experience in healthcare. And that's, who we want to connect with and impact. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and, and I'm going to ask you a question and, and I hope it's okay with you. And if it's not, you, you don't have to answer it, but in, in your bio, um, it, it says it starts out with Alex Corn is a female entrepreneur and inventor in the world of healthcare technology. And so I, I have to ask you, you could have said, young entrepreneur, you know, you could have just said entrepreneur, but you said female entrepreneur. So I'm just wondering, and, and part of this, I'll be, I'll be very uh, transparent about this. As I've been doing these interviews over the past few months, and I've interviewed dozens and dozens of people, um, the vast majority are men. Uh, and, uh, and it was actually, um, I think it was my wife who, who called me out on this and said, you know, uh, I've been listening to your podcast, but they're, they're mostly men. What's up with that? And I said, I don't know. Your wife's smart woman. Oh, yeah. oh you, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> super, super smart. And, um, and she, um, uh, you know, and, and I, I was kind of, you know, thrown back on my heels by that question. Cause I, I'd been so intense on just focusing on the interviews. I hadn't sort of stepped back and, and looked at that, but you know, you know, I'm thinking there's, you know, and I said to her, I just, these are the people that are popping up. And, and I looked at her face and that clearly was not, not the right answer and, and wasn't a sufficient answer for her. And, but I'm just wondering from your perspective, being in the, you know, deeply engaged and we didn't, we didn't go into your tech background, but you, you basically are the inventor. You're the chief innovation officer, the chief tech person, you know, you put all this together behind the scenes in terms of the software and, and, you know, everything else that goes, the user experience and, and the user interface and all that. So you're deeply engaged in, in the technical aspect of this and in the healthcare tech world. Um, so, you know, what is that experience like being a female uh, entrepreneur? And, and could you explain to me why is it that I'm interviewing more men than women? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, that's a fabulous question. I don't know the exact answer. I can, I can guess, but I can tell you more so from my own experience why I think it's so important to emphasize the female aspect. And you're so right. You know, it's, it's really hard to come across 
females in specific spaces and industries. And the reason is hard to exactly get to the bottom of, but the fact of the matter is, is there are less females. And that's why when we do get females in the space, it's so important for us to promote it and to inspire it so that younger females that are starting to make decisions about what they want to do with the rest of their lives can see other young females that they can look up to and resonate with and say, wow, that could be me one day. And so that way in a few years or several years, they'll be able, we'll see more women. So you'll have a bigger pool and then it'll be more of random selection. You'll end up getting 50-50 versus when you only have a small percentage and you have to choose from what's out there. That's what you end up getting. So to me, being female is so important to really own and put out there and be proud of. And it's funny because my, I do go by the name Alex. So a lot of times when I get on the phone with someone, they'll be like, oh, I was expecting you to be a man. I'm, I'm just surprised. And I'm like, oh, yep. That, I'm a, I'm a woman, but, um, it is really important. And that's why I'm, I'm associated with, um, we bank women business enterprise, um, council, as well as, um, other just, um, women supporting organizations. And by the way, the majority of our frontline staff in our organization is female. Our CEO is female. We have a lot of girl bosses in the house and, um, it's, it's a lot of fun and we're proud of it. And we just continue to promote it in any way that we can. Well, I, I was uh, at the risk of being a little off color. I would say I, I've got I've got a lot of female bosses <laughs> in my house uh, as well. So, um, but you know, I, but I, this is serious and and a serious topic. And and uh, I am really in pursuit of of trying to do something about that in in whatever way I can. And so on this podcast series, uh, I am actively looking for you know uh, female leaders in healthcare who are really creating new healthcare. And so it is one of the reasons I was super excited to speak with you and, um, and to have you on, you know, on the show and, um, you know, I'll make a, a public request of you and, and listeners. If, you know, if you have any colleagues or, you know, healthcare leaders, female healthcare leaders, um, who are really doing the types of things you're doing and really changing healthcare for the better in a big way, um, uh, and creating radical value in the way you are, um, I, I want to be the first one to interview them and, and promote them and showcase them. And so, uh, so I'm just, I'm just putting this out there for you and, and everyone else who's listening. Love it. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm not just doing that to score points at home. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, it's, it's, it's important. It really is. It's a serious issue. And so, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we, you know, I'm glad I asked you the question. I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, I'm gonna, um, you know, I want, I want to ask you and your, your, and, and so here's, here's, uh, something we haven't disclosed about you. You've done so much. I mean, one of the most amazing things about you, I, I, I keep on reading about you and, and, and doing the research. And I have to remind myself, you are, how old are you? I'm 23. Which I, I just, I'm blown away by that. The, the, you know, I mean, you're just like a powerhouse. I mean, to be a female in this, in that world that you're in and to be so young, what, what's your, um, what's your secret superpower? As my kids would say, you, you know, what is your superpower? I mean, what is it that, you know, has gotten you to, to accomplish so much at, at such a relatively young age and, um, and, you know, with such poise and, um, and you're really living your life. I mean, you really are doing what is, is kind of your inner core thing that you want to do and express and manifest. And so I'm just curious, what, what is it about you? What, what do you, what do you have? So I don't know if you've ever read the book, the alchemist, 
but this is really the only way that I can explain it. So for anyone who listens who hasn't read The Alchemist, I can try to shed light on what I took away from it. But this is a book that I read when I was really young and I've ended up rereading it. I can't even count how many times. I've also listened to the audio tape a bunch of times when I walk. Um, but basically the whole idea is that when you discover your personal legend and that's what you're striving to achieve, the entire universe will conspire to help you achieve it. And the reason why I say that is because I believe wholeheartedly that what I'm doing is for the greater good. It's not for me. It's for, it's for everything that I'm a part of, including myself, but for everything. And so in that purpose, when I am connected to that mission, every single moment and everything that I'm doing, everything starts to fall in place because it's not about me. It's about everyone and everything and the things that I've experienced that I know to be true through my own personal experiences that I can then shed light for others to see and then to put in the work to make it happen. So once I have faith that it will happen because I'm doing the right thing, the only other secret ingredient is just to put in the work. And that's something to not be overlooked because I put in so many hours. I can't even believe when I look back, like so much of my life has been this. It's basically my whole life. Even when I'm doing things that aren't this, it's basically still this. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I have, I read the alchemist of uh, many, many years ago, I think when it, when it first came out, um, I, uh, I forget that part of it, of it, but I'm going to go back and, and reread it. Um, now what about, you know, what about setbacks and resistance and challenges? How do you deal with, with those and, and what have you encountered? And particularly again, going back to this issue of being a woman in, in the world that you're in, what, you know, what, what have you encountered and how are you dealing with that? Well, I'd say that, um, it's definitely like at first when I walk in the room, at least in the beginning, I felt like the underdog. Like I felt like not only was I a female, but I was young and kind of like all the cards were stacked against me. But I also knew that I was, had a mission and I had to go for it. And what I was doing was important. And I just fought and I just continued on. And even when I got feedback that maybe wasn't the most exciting for me. I continued to go forward anyways until eventually things started to fall into place and enough work had been accomplished to get to the point where I knew that now I had a support system and had other people on board and the work was done and the data supported it and we had a company and it was kind of just like every single time something got in the way, I just persevered. And ultimately it got to the point where there was really there's always going to be something, but now I have faith in the process. So I'm not really worried. It doesn't really set me back because I just continue to go forward. Wow. That's great. What, um, you know, I'm going to bring, bring us to a close here pretty soon. We're coming up close to an hour. Um, I, I, I would love, love to have you back again in a few months time and just catch up with you again and, and share and learn what you're doing. Cause I suspect, as you say, Every month for you feels like years. I think I think you accomplish more in a month than than you know most of us accomplish in years. So um, I don't want to wait too long before we. we <laughs> I was thinking that I'm like, wow, a few months. So much uh, is going to happen. How, how about next month? Okay. <laughs> um, you know uh, what? Um, what uh, takeaways? What kind of call to action do you have for for folks who are listening to this? podcast of the conversation mm. anything you want to leave us okay. with it doesn't have to be profound yes but, uh, okay, yeah, go. definitely okay so i would first say like to think back 
on your life's journey and try to uncover what it is that you feel like you understand the most and that you are connected to the most. And it might be emotional. It might not be. It might be something that you just feel like you really know and you own and you're excited about and you're passionate about and you want to continue to drive that home. And whatever that is, explore that because once you start the exploration, the opportunities really are endless and more doors will open than you can even imagine because that's your personal legend. And so I think to me, like that was the biggest thing that my parents taught me and that I was able to really start at a young age and just to continue to pursue. And then as you pursue it, it's just, you'll be surprised how many things start to fall into place. And I feel like that's similar to what you're doing with this podcast, which makes me so happy because that's kind of like the thing that I feel like lights you up, right? Getting to meet new people and, and discover and explore and, and, um, get inspired by. So I think that's awesome. Well, thanks. And, and, you know, for my part, um, what's exciting about this is what you and others, uh, can make happen in healthcare if we, if we open the way for you. And that's, I mean, for me, that's really what I'm trying to do is to showcase, you know, people like you and uh, what they're, what you're doing and the potential it has to change healthcare and uh, wanting to see that. Um, I kind of have a time frame that's not as, not as aggressive as yours, but, um, <laughs> but I, I'd like to see healthcare change uh, pretty soon, like in the next year or two and not like a decade or two from now. Right. And so, uh, so I'm hoping that, um, in some small way, um, what I'm doing is, is helping people like you make that happen. Uh, cause it's so critically important. I mean, I, I can imagine if we started to use Wambi and care postcard, um, and the, uh, was, was it the humans for Wambi, um, or humans in Wambi that, you know, it could really begin to transform uh, the experience for patients and their family members, as well as for all the people who are working in the hospitals and SNFs and home health care, as we talked about. So that, that's what, um, I mean, would make me feel like I actually did something in my life. So, um, so I, I'm super, any last words before we wrap up? No, I'm just grateful. So thank you for your work. And I'll try to find you some women to join this podcast. <laughs> and I look forward to circling back in a few months and seeing what's next in healthcare. Well, thanks. And uh, I, I want to, as always, um, I want to thank um, our, uh, our, our folks who are, are listening uh, to this podcast, because these are the people who are, as, as Alex, as you pointed out, who are doing the hard work each and every day. Uh, of taking care of patients and, and they're on their own hero's journey. So it's grateful for everyone out there who's listening and for those folks who are doing the work and supporting those who are doing the work. So thank you for listening to Creating New Healthcare and until next time, uh, be well.